He knew it was over before. Yeah, and he embarrassed me. You know, he was an idiot the whole time, but... He embarrassed you. Specifically, he embarrassed you. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) And he's continued to. So, uh, I I picked against... Halsbury yelled, hey, you're embarrassing me. Get your shit together. I don't know if you remember, but I... I I think you did yell. I was pretty drunk when we were in that paddock, and I said, God damn it, come on, improbable. You know, I yelled (laughs) at him. And it didn't help, but uh, anyway, uh, so he... uh, I won that race, by the way. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses all line up at the Post. Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Park, Saratoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com Com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up? I'm Trent Welch. He's an Alterman. This is Blinkers Off. What's up, my man? Hello. We're back. We're back. Back together. All is right in the world. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it is. I feel like everything is great. Uh, well, it should be, because we've been drinking all day. So it's true. Uh, and day Philly's drinking. Like it fast and <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hashtag that. Uh, uh, <laughs> You're in for a doozy. If you're if you're tu- <laughs> if you're tuning in live, you are going to get well. It's not it's uncost money, but you're gonna get your money's worth on this one. Uh, uh, yeah, go buy the shirt, racingdudes.com. There you go. Uh, and it's you can't not buy that. Fu- it's not fucking for sale, uh, so you can't let buy us know, it. and we will let you. Uh, yeah, we're live right do now. We have we do. Yeah, we do. Oh, we great, have, great, uh, great, great. Uh, we'll give them to you for free. Uh, we are live right now on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. So thank you for tuning in. If you're live, if you're listening after the fact, what the hell are you doing? Listen to us live. Uh, we are one week away. That's right. It's, it seems weird. It's a weird world you live in whenever you're watching week two NFL games and you see commercials for the Masters and you also see commercials for the Preakness. It's like, what happened? Well, if you just woke up, you're like, what the hell happened? And, and that, that's the world we live in right now. If you just uh, woke up, go back to sleep. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> uh, the Preakness is uh, like one week away. And that's right, the final oh, leg. Shit. We can finally huh. put a bow. By the way, you're about to win the uh, the Fantasy League right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somehow. Authentic, <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Authentic pulls one out of his ass and wins. The Derby, and of course, puts you in the driver's seat. Now yeah, it's the law. The law's not going. Not running the Preakness. Good uh, job. Good call. Good call. <laughs> it is a good call. Uh, to be fair, going to the cl- you know training up to the classic makes yeah. sense. A horse that does best. Well, I mean, now of, horse uh, of the year and three of the years in the classic, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Especially, especially if Authentic goes on and wins the Preakness, and all well, of a sudden, Authentic wins the Preakness, he enters the Classic as the three-year-old of the year, and then tis it's, it's his job to beat him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, lots on the line. Obviously, as we get close, we have a huge week in this podcast. It's a big one. We do have Preakness to talk about uh, next week. We will talk a little bit about what's coming up and kind of who's you know aiming for that race. But 
eight Breeders' Cup uh, winning your end races this That's weekend. One at Belmont, the other seven on Saturday and Sunday at Santa Anita. Santina is back. And Excited. it's, uh, you know, and then it, it really, it, it's the last week of racing at uh, for September, which is kind of wild to think about for the Breeders' mm-hmm. Cup races. And we move into October, the last final month of, you know, the final push of Breeders' Cup winter in races uh, as we lead up to the, you know, the Breeders' Cup. It's, uh, it doesn't seem, I mean, it doesn't seem real that we're, we're that close, but we are in the final push here of Breeders' Cup races. And you know, <laughs> you know... That we're getting close when you start having these massive days all at once. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's it's crazy right now to think that it's it's almost uh, October, and it seemed like March was only a couple of days ago. So it's kind of it's kind of strange, <laughs> but uh, the whole year seems that way. Oh, it really does. It's blown by. But man, you got you got this week, next week, and the next week, and then the Breeders' Cup prep races are over. And I thought that was really crazy when I was looking at the schedule. Uh, last night it's like holy shit like yeah. we're we got three weeks of breeders cup prep races yep that's amazing so yeah it's exciting and i think you know i think you said it maybe four or five weeks ago so give credit to you but it kind of, of feels like this breed well of course yeah but this breeders cup feels like it's gonna be pretty ridiculous right like as it stands right now the classic seems wow yeah the- well, and then the, and then the uh uh the uh, distaff yep also so and you know everything else will fill out really well, really well as well. So yeah, uh, a lot of lot to talk about. And man, Breeders' Cup eight eight Breeders' Cup winning in races is going to be a lot of fun this weekend. It just it definitely feels also like... Oklahoma Derby's this weekend. Let's yeah. not forget about that. We're yeah. not even going to cover it. We could give some picks at the end if you want. But... Ah, we're going to Absolutely. Sunday, right? Oh yeah. I'm... Are you going? Absolutely. <laughs> Uh yeah, he'll be there. Uh, of course, for me to part, doesn't care, and they're having fans there. So hell yeah, we're not. I think you got to wear masks. Yeah, but I'm taking mine off as soon as we get in. <laughs> oh wow! Because okay. you can't drink Miller Lite and have a mask on. At the, same the, time. the rule is, if you're drinking or eating, I think you can have the mask off. So as long as you have a beer in hand at all times, yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll be safe. We're uh, doing it. Uh, I think Evil Steve is going to join you as well. So. Is Evil going? I think he might. I think he's sketchy about it. <laughs> Evil told me once he's going, and he didn't show up. Let me just so. say this about Evil. Um, okay. I've heard I heard a little bit of a tidbit of what might happen to him. Jared? I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm just going to say it's awesome. So um, good luck to him. <laughs> Jared? That's all I know. I have a plan, but I don't want to release that I'm plan not. until I win. I'm not releasing anything. I'm just saying okay. I, I've all heard right. Right. some some rumors of what his, put, it's his penalty might it's be. It's great. Uh, and all I know. If, ma- if, if Magic is listening, I think, Samich, there's no telling. But <laughs> please don't win the Preakness so I can do this. Uh, Rick James wants there's to Rick know. There's Rick James. Better, the Rick picture James. Of the match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, better chance of winning this weekend, Sleepy Eyes Todd or the Washington football team. So, well, Washington football team probably would be the answer to that. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about Sleepy Eyes Todd in a little bit. Trust me, uh, we got t- plenty to talk about with the uh, awesome again uh, against the two Baffert. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Magic says, "Why can't we share the title and the punishment plan? Because there can only be one Magic." You know, it's I, either you or me. I told him at, at today uh, while we were uh, at, at our business meeting. Um, and it was I, productive. I told him I was like, you know, it's probably as much as this is a funny plan. 
you know, the best thing to happen to Evil Stevel and Austin was the fact that Authentic won. Because oh, as, no bad as, your, as bad as your plan is and as funny as your plan is for us, I have an idea of the d- d- demonic <laughs> minds of, of uh, well, specifically magic, what yeah, that would have been. bad. Trust us. Oh, God. It'd you be the did, worst. Authentic winning was the best thing to ever happen to those guys. Um, but, yeah, we will talk about eight Breeders' Cup winning races coming up this weekend. Huge handicapping podcast uh coming but you know before we do we have a little bit like we, we've kind of we've, we're starting to establish somewhat of what this preakness field is going to look like obviously we mentioned a second ago tis the law not going to run going to just point up to the breeders cup which probably makes a lot of sense sure um but the field in itself is you know it's kind of funny you get lose him and now all of a sudden swiss skydivers back in the mix so swiss skydiver might be running the preakness now of course runner up in the uh in the kentucky oaks um, our collector, of course, going to run in this race. Authentic, your 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 Derby winner, Mister Big News, who finished third in the Derby. Uh, I mentioned Swiss Skydiver, Max Player, a horse interesting enough has ran is going to have ran in all I call it four legs. You, you do too. <laughs> oh no, no, me too. Uh, all yeah, four yeah, legs yeah. of the Triple Crown, including the Travers there. Uh, in my Quadruple traffic, crown. Country Grammar, Mystic Guide, Thousand Words, Pneumatic, uh, Accession, Jesus Teen, Necker Island. Live your beast life and happy saver all who's up for contention. But, you know, thousand words, pneumatic, uh, Swiss skydiver, authentic art collector. That makes the field pretty damn good. I think it's a good field even with Tis the Law. I th- well, I, I stated earlier in, the, in one of our shows that I thought it was going to be better than the Derby when Tis the Law was pointing for it. And now that he's out, obviously it's not going to be better than the Derby, but it's still going to be a good field. And you're right. And here's the deal. If you didn't like authentic before the Derby, then there's re- there like there's like reasonable horses to play against in here, right? Because oh, yeah. it's like, well, maybe that Derby was a little bit of a fluke. Well, hell, you got Art Collector, you got Swiss Skydiver. I mean, you got horses that can that could potentially beat him, especially if you if you analyze this race a week from today and you say, damn, that pace looks hot. Damn, Authentic's gonna have some pressure. There's horses that you could pick to mow him down for yeah. sure. So I think that's good. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a good race. I, I, you know, we'll see. We'll see who actually enters. And how and how everything shakes out uh, a week from uh, well I, I guess Monday we'll know next uh, this coming Monday yep uh, what's going to happen they're going to draw on Monday so we'll know and of course check out the uh, website racedudes.com on the product page we have got the pre sale already started for the yeah. Preakness wager guide and don't forget the Preakness is actually a win in your end for the Preakness. classic Preakness Preakness uh, and you know Warriors Charge by the way running this weekend yeah, yeah. at Church the original Downs. Preakness the, the Preakness yeah. where it all began yeah. Preakness. Preakness going to run the Preakness he did run the Preakness and he's going to run this weekend anyways um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a win in your end so of course we have the win in your end this weekend yeah. awesome again with Max Security and Probable but we also have uh, a win in your end of course Authentic's already in with his Haskell win yeah. But you've got plenty of horses in here that could surely use a, uh, a winner in uh, birth into the classic. And, you know, considering what we're dealing with right now, might mix things up in the classic. I have a great idea. Okay. So, uh, ha- uh, Authentic is already in because of the Haskell win. So, if he wins the Preakness, that $10,000 entry fee, yeah. that should go to all the My Race Horse owners. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right? but they would, but then they already owe so much other money that they still have to pay that off. They don't even put a dent in it. So. We had somebody mad at us for that comment. That we're just having fun. We, we? we've, yes, yeah, on Twitter, you didn't oh. see it, but we, but listen, we're having fun with that. We have no problem <laughs> with my racehorse. But we, I told the guy on Twitter, I said, we liked my racehorse before it was cool to like my racehorse. Yeah. So don't even start with that. First of all, this is breaking we, news to me because I did not know that well, people. <laughs> 
had an issue with that, but that is funny. Um, I think it was... Uh, was it the fact that Millie had, had ownership in it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> he was really pissed by your comments. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Millie. You know what? But listen, again, he was just kidding around. I think it was Taxi Dave from Twitter. He was just kidding around. And we are kidding around. We like My Race Horse. Yeah. Hell, Magic owns every horse but Authentic in My Race Horse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course, the one horse yeah. that wins. Yeah, the one horse that wins the Derby, Magic and Mavic. So. The first horse to ever win for my racehorse, and Magic yeah. doesn't own. So what does that tell you, Magic? But no, just kidding. Uh, of course, I don't care. Like, I, it was a no, joke. No, it was a joke. Yeah, it was totally um, a joke. Of, you know, to we say that you hate. have ownership in a Derby winner is something very cool. Absolutely. And I'm never going to say otherwise. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I for I'll just say, though, I mean, I don't necessarily, like, that's not something that interests me. Like, I don't. You that, want to have a pee like a big piece. Uh, of yeah, I would rather have a horse that is I, I you know me and a couple friends or whatever pay a hundred thousand for that may or may not make it to the Derby. Right. Versus a horse that you're kind of buying in at the last second that you get nothing out of, but you but, can just basically say you had it. But you do acknowledge that it's cool. Yeah, of okay, course. Yeah. I mean, Millie, That's... Millie won't stop talking about it. So <laughs> I, I mean, I tried Taxi Dave. He won't do it. I think it's awesome. She right? walks around this house like she, she owns the damn place. This guy doesn't I mean, give a shit, but I um, think it's awesome. No. Uh, okay, so anyways, what yeah. are you... Let's, let's are, turn do, the page. Do you think... Uh, you know, we know Bob Baffert's record... Uh, in the Preakness, I mean, is he? If he, obviously he's he's going to run thousand words, who, who flipped out literally yeah, in the yeah. paddock, and then authentic. Do you think if he runs him, I mean, he's gonna? I mean, he's a very tough, especially now with Tiswell out. Well, my good friend Ryan Silman and your good friend Ryan Silman has has told me maybe twenty times that Bob Baffert has never lost a Preakness with a horse that won the Kentucky Derby. That's a pretty good stat, especially when you look at all the horses that you know that have come out of that line. So yeah, I mean, I think Authentic is the one to beat, especially considering he was like, like, not even done running on the track, and Bob Baffert was already like, "Yeah, we're gonna run the penis." Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, tis the law. Soon after the race, like, yeah, we're not doing. I don't know. We're not doing that. We'll see. And his owners were like, "Yeah, we're going," but the trainer was like, "Yeah, we'll see." And you're right. As soon as Authentic crossed the wire, he's like, all right, on to Baltimore. Yeah. like it, So, I mean, he's pretty confident he's going to run well. So, yeah, he's the pick right now. But listen, say Authentic draws the rail, there's more speed, he gets pressured. Yeah, sure, we could we could come up with ways. But as of right now, just looking at the field and looking, okay, who's the most talented runner in the race? It's Authentic. All right. What's but best, that could change. What's the best? Well, hey, we'll talk, we'll talk more about... Obviously, next week, uh, you know, be all about the Preakness. Yeah. Go to WebsiteRacing.com. we got tons of articles. Uh, but, of course, facts. we'll be all about it on the podcast. Yeah, Ryan Stillman says facts. It is true. Uh, what's the best thing you saw today? Well, um, it wasn't today, but it was Monday. The, the boobs at Magic Mike were trying to talk about Kyler Murray to me because I was watching the race. <laughs> or I was watching their feed. I'm like, yeah, you're going to talk to me about Kyler Murray. What a joke. <laughs> Listen. Talk about liking somebody before it was cool. The best thing I saw today was Kyler Murray is having a tremendous, tremendous start to the NFL season. Now, will it last? I think it will. But will he win MVP? I'm not sure. I'm like, I'm not sitting here saying he's better than your guy. He's not. But I think Kyler Murray he's, is an absolutely right tremendous quarterback. And I promised Magic uh, on Monday that I would, I would tell you the second I knew that Kyler Murray was the best college. Uh, football player I had seen live and in person okay and I didn't see Mahomes live and in person just just so you know uh, the year he had his great year they played on the road oh you played at Texas Tech and I wasn't there so I don't want to offend you in any way <laughs> but listen uh, okay uh, Kyler Murray uh, played an absolutely horrific game against Texas the first time they played him 
they, he, he went on, they, they won the Big 12, and they faced uh, Texas in the Big 12 championship game, and he played tremendous. He got his revenge, but the first time they played him, Kyler Murray was absolutely horrific. He was horrible in the game until the fourth quarter. So it's 45-31, to 31, okay? And Kyler and OU get the ball back with five, five minutes to go in the game. And I was sitting by an older gentleman, and he said, what do you think we have to do to win the game? And I said, well, we have to score in a minute because we had one timeout left. And OU's defense was absolutely pathetic, right? So I said, we have to score in a minute. Well, long story short, it took 13 seconds for OU to score and make it 45 to 38. I remember this play. And the reason why is because Kyler Murray made the greatest run I've ever seen ever, 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 ever in a a game where I was attending. (laughs) So Kyler Murray, they ran a quarterback throw. They were at the 33-yard line, their own 33. So they're 67 yards away from a touchdown, okay? And they run a draw with 5.54 left in the game. We have to score in a minute. And they ran a quarterback draw, which is a terrible call if you didn't have Kyler Murray. So they run a draw, and Kyler... He's got about eight yards, and he's going towards the sideline. And me and this older guy are like, yeah, all right, Kyler, good job. Get out of bounds. Get out of bounds. we got to save time. And he's jogging towards the out-of-bounds line, and all of a sudden he cuts up the field, and he goes 67 yards for a touchdown. It took him 12 seconds to score. <laughs> and I looked at the old guy next to me, and I said, I think 12 seconds is enough time for us to maybe get the ball back. <laughs> it was one of the best runs I've ever seen because – there was like four guys coming in on him. He's coming out of bounds. It's like, okay, you're going to jog out of bounds. It's a good quarterback scramble. Cuts right up the field and goes for a touchdown. That's the second I knew that Kyler Murray was one of the best uh, college players, well, the best that I've ever seen. That'd be a good time to put in the clip right now. Kyler Murray runs it. He's got to get out of bounds. Murray still moving. Wow! Look at the speed! Kyler Murray touchdown! Oh, you! 67 yards. There you go. And, and Gus Johnson says, look at the speed. That's what you'll hear uh, just for everybody. So, yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, I wish it I wish it was 12 seconds how long. <laughs> go ahead, Jerry. What's the best thing you saw I wish today? 12 Magic. Seconds, Magic says, I wish 12 seconds was as long as it took to tell that story. <laughs> oh, man. But listen, the bottom line of the story was. How about this? Follow that up with that. It's no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's no surprise Kyler Murray's doing this. He, no. Well, the thing about Kyler, he was he what he is known as the best high school football player ever out of the state of Texas. And if you know all the great players that come out of Texas, that's a huge. That's deal. pretty unreal. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Um. Yeah. And, you know. And you, of course, have, have rubbed off on me as far as liking Kyler. And I'm, you know, kind of a as bad as Arkansas has been the last several years. I've kind well, of you have no team. Yet. I've kind of evolved into an OU fan with you. And I feel uh, sorry for and you. Kyler, and Kyler, you know, I have the Chiefs. It's fine. And yeah. uh, and, and Kyler, I, I've really grown into. And I, I mean, I, I had him last year. I remember in fantasy, and I, you know, I was like, you could tell. You could tell there was more there than just some kind of uh, what do you call it, like a almost like a, a you know a guy that's just going to be one year wonder kind of thing yeah, that just kind of get the guy. legs and yeah. then no he's got the arm talent of course and he's also got the legs and, yeah. and and you know the big thing is too this year you're seeing is he's got a coach that is second year kind of new coach just not afraid with Kingsbury is not afraid to. To kind of get creative with him and use him, yeah. And then also you've got a, a, a future Hall of Famer, Pro Bowler, uh, wide receiver, yeah, and Hopkins, Hopkins big, who is yeah, going to who really, other than the you know a little bit in Week One, have not really evolved into being a, a, like that that combo. So I mean, I think that I do. I think that he's a, he's a real deal. Um, he's great. 
And, you know, you know, you know, Mahomes is what he is, but statistically speaking, there's no, there's no comparison right now. I mean, well, you know. he's not as good as Mahomes, but the thing that he has, athletic ability, he's probably better than Mahomes. But as far as being an overall quarterback, he's not Mahomes, but nobody is, and nobody will be, in the time that we do this podcast. That's right, two and zero, baby, <laughs> two and zero. Right. Hey, it took it took overtime and had three attempts at a. At a at a field goal, but we uh, we won. So two and zero, big week. I have a bet with the uh, with Ricky. This Ravens, weekend. the Ravens, big weekend. Big Come on, week. Ravens. Shut Hollywood up. Brown. Shut up. Mark Andrews, my boys from OU. Money, Come on, Monday Ravens. Night, Monday Night Football is gonna be beat awesome. their ass, Ravens. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, man. God. Come on. I promised Ricky I would do that. <laughs> Ricky, yeah, facts. I didn't press that, by the way. That was all. That was all magic, you little bastard. Anyways, um, best thing I saw. I, I was getting ready to Let's be go nice. Ravens. Getting ready to be nice to you too. That's the thing. Um, best thing I saw today was seeing waking up and seeing a tweet that, you know, uh, <laughs> that you had. Uh, I think Blood Horse had tweeted it out, but you retweeted. Sure, sure. And there's a throwback Thursday of Curlin winning the Preakness, which obviously uh, is a different time of the year, but this year it's not. And uh, you know, 2007 Preakness with and you and you the the tweet was this horse started it all. Without Curlin, there would be no racing dudes, and it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. you think about and and I think everyone that listens to this podcast has that horse. You know, my sure. horse is Zenyatta. Yeah. Your horse is Curlin. In our circumstances, it's a little different because we started a business and you know, and, <laughs> right, yeah. and changed the game. You know, essentially as yeah. far as the coverage goes of racing. But you know, for everyone that gets involved in racing, we all have that horse that we remember when we very first started. Mm-hmm. And for you, it was Curlin. Of course, that brought you back to the track and that kept you talking, that kept you interested. You told me about the horse, and then I got a little interested, and then you know, it just snowballed from there. And then the next big horse was Zenyatta, of course, and we got interested in Zenyatta and the rest is history there. But, you know, it's just kind of neat to think, it got me thinking a little bit about all the horses throughout the years. And, and you know, you talk about horse, guys like Magic or, or, or Slim, who was prior to us even, but or John White, you know, the way back. Turbulator. The, guy, the horses that they you always think about when it comes to, to the game. And I think that's what makes horse racing different than anything else i mean we all i don't think we all i don't think we have that same kind of attitude when it comes to sports in general like i mean we like our teams and i remember the guys that got me interested when it comes to chiefs or you with ou sure but it's different when it comes to horse racing because you get this weird connection with these horses and that's part of the you know the the draw you feel connected with these animals yeah and you kind of never lose that I think the animal aspect of it is a big thing. Like, you, like I love Baker Mayfield. I love Kyler Murray, but, but they're you know they're human beings, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> at the same, they're human beings, like, dickheads that are like getting you know arrested for you know, yeah yeah. They're they're getting, like, they yeah. still are like they're still humans, you right? Know? Like Baker's getting arrested in Fayetteville as in college. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what Kyler's doing. He hasn't done anything. Curlin never. Curlin never did that. No, like, Curlin just likes to eat his eat his food and 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 win uh, the Dubai World Cup yeah, and the British races, Classics. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's like an innocence about him, I guess, is probably the best way to put it, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so yeah, Curlin was one for me uh, that, that, that changed everything. Uh, and I, I would I would say your horse, Zenyatta, fueled the passion. Yep. It's probably the best way for, for you, obviously, it was the start of it. For me, it fueled that passion of this is a, the greatest sport there is, and, and these, these equine athletes 
are something different from what we followed for the last, you know, 20, 30 years of, yeah, you like these guys, but sure, he's out smoking pot and this guy's getting drunk. And it's, <laughs> but, it's, but it's like these horses, it's like there's something pure about them, you know? And Curlin was, and, and Zinata as well, uh, th- that was that for us. And so that kind of got us started. And Zinata, listen, as much as Curlin was an influence, Zinata, yeah. that's that's who's the logo on our on our, our um, website. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, and I'll, I'll I mean, I'll never forget, obviously, the first real derby that I really focused on was was the Mind That Bird one. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. You know, looking back. Well, 2008 was the first time you went to a racetrack, and that was Win yeah. Willie. Yeah, when Win Willie Willy won the Rebel. Old Fashioned yeah. and the Rebel. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, the Arkansas Derby, and then, then you know, went into, uh, which Papa Clem won the Arkansas Derby. Yeah, over that, Old Fashioned. That year, over Old Fashioned. And then, of course, the, the Derby, um, which was one of the, you know, biggest upsets of, of racing history and you know mm-hmm. the most improbable things you'll ever see and frankly not to get into it the the three the three race <laughs> combo of mind that bird running all three legs of the triple crown is three of the greatest races you'll see ever when it comes to like what he kind of elevated his game to yeah considering what he was running that but anyways well dennis says for me it's rachel alexander and you talk about mind that bird we were at we were in the yep. seneca watching uh, Seneca is a place where you could go gamble uh, right across the line in Oklahoma. And, and when Rachel Alexander beat mine that bird, I think that was another pivotal point for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'll never forget that freakness either. No. And, oh, and, God, and I also no. will never forget the year, pri- like that same year when, when Zignano went on to win the, the Classic, the uh-huh. first uh, Philly to ever do it. And ever since, uh, I'll never forget, we were in Vegas at, at Bally's. Yeah, sure. And, of course, betting on football all day and whatnot. And, of course, it's in the fall. And uh, Halterman was like, yeah, you know, there's this there's this filly coming up here t- later today that she's never lost. And she's facing against the boys in the biggest race in the country. And I was like, oh, that's... You know, of course, again, remember, that, you know, we had just seen... I'd gotten into... We were both just into yeah, right. our first Triple Crown sort of experience, or at least mine. And, and, mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay... Wow, you know this is okay. This is cool, and then I'll never forget the, the Bally's was electric when this horse won, it's and crazy. we both had money on her at five to two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and winning that race, the way she did, it, you just seemed like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And now here's Zenyatta, and let's see, Zenyatta has a lot, a lot of ground to make up. Zenyatta, if she wins this, she'll be a super horse. She's starting to pick them off, though. Zenyatta going to hook to the outside. Meanwhile, it's Colonel John Summerbird in the red cap. And Zenyatta's come to the outside. Zenyatta coming, flying on the grandstand side. Gio Ponti on the inside. Summerbird is right there. This is unbelievable. Zenyatta, what a performance. One will never forget. Looked impossible. Uh, and that really, to that day, in it specifically, is what did it for me. That's when I got like, oh, this is this, this is, is what awesome. we're gonna do. This yeah. is awesome. You know, that yeah. was unreal. And of course, 2009 was a surreal year for her. And of course, following her, and of course, you know, going to the Breeders' Cup, and you know, the way she lost was brutal. But it just the buildup of that, you know, it, no, if you weren't part of it, it's it, it almost it was. I mean, I would say it was even bigger than Pharaoh. It was different in regards, uh, but her hers was a general, like generally bigger because of being a Philly and a mayor, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of had that. Um, aspect to it not triple crown related but no i mean that was a that's what started for me and i think we all have those horses so seeing how something as simple as you liking a horse like curlin yeah how it kind of springboard everything 
I, I think that's what kind of says a lot about the game in general. So, oh, you're best right. thing I saw today, not to go on the huge rant there, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's uh, you look back at what we've accomplished and where we're at, considering a, a horse that we liked called Zenyatta. That's where it started. It all starts. Kind of cool. So. It all starts with one horse. Yeah. All right, there you go. Today's show, we will preview Saturday and Sunday's eight Breeders' Cup. That's right. If you're into handicapping, this is your podcast, eight Breeders' Cup. When you're in Challenge Series races at Santanita Park and Belmont Park, including the Awesome Again Stakes on Saturday at Santanita, featuring the two Bob Baffert horses, Maxis Security and Improbable. Let's go! Alright, so this is like a combo of rapid fire slash normal previews. We have eight races to talk about, so we're going to have to rapid fire these at some point. Uh, you know, one at Belmont, the rest are at Santina Park. We'll kick it off with Belmont. We'll go into Saturday and Sunday coverage. A vast just uh, variety of, of challenge races for the Breeders' Cup. Every one of these races we're talking about are Breeders' Cup when you're in races for uh, their perspective field. So, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be... Kind of, it's a good preview show in terms of getting ready for the Breeders' Cup. So we'll kick it off at Belmont Park on Saturday. Race 9, the Vosper Stakes Grade 2 with 150K for 3-year-olds and up. Going 6 furlongs is the Breeders' Cup winning her in for the sprint. Fill the 6. Lines up for this one. 2-1 to one on the outside horse engage. Finally making his return. Volto, obviously, from the Aspies of Barn, the big horse that would have been the favorite of this race. Unfortunately, injury okay but it's retired it kind of one of those horses like what could have been with that horse as a career uh but is out so now the second best i guess uh engage a horse that we haven't seen in quite some time uh two to one favorite yeah you, this is kind of a disappointing race for a couple reasons number one we don't have volatile and that is disappointing because we love him and number two i was really hoping engage would not be two to one so I handicapped this race before the morning line. Odds come out. I thought, well, maybe we'll get four to one, five to one if we're lucky. Uh, two to one. That's awful, right? But I did go ahead and pick Engage on top. Um, listen, I, I, I had I had this horse at nine to one last year at Keeneland uh, when he won. I, I did not play him back in the Breeders' Cup uh, sprint because I, I don't know that he's that kind of horse. But at nine to one at Keeneland in the Phoenix, I, I loved him. And he probably should have lost, but Whitmore had a tough trip and he beat him. And that's just sometimes you get lucky and then we kind of, we kind of talk about it lunch sometimes you pick a horse and maybe that horse shouldn't have won but you just kind of get lucky and that's kind of what i got with engage but listen when you look at this field i think engage is the best horse and i think i think if he shows up with his top race i, I just think he's kind of better than these so i went with engage on top yeah i'm with you i it's actually where i leaned as well you know and you talk about that that phoenix where he won at nine to one guess who's back on board jose ortiz exactly who rode him that day um, I think that's a big sign, you know. And by the way, he rode this horse most of his of his career, um, and now he he's back. Of course, he rode him for for Chad Brown, uh, and then switched over to Aspies, and who went on to win a couple stakes, and of course the Phoenix being one of them. Uh, I think you know the one thing about it is like it, Aspieson is so good with these older horses off layoffs, getting them ready. You know he's not going to run unless he's ready and you know you talk about the sprinting division he finished fourth in the breeders cup by the way he lost to matoli he lost to chancelot and he lost to whitmore there's none of those three horses in this race not even close no so i mean if you're if you say well he got fourth you know it's like yeah you know that wasn't great i mean 
he would win. Any of those horses I would pick in this race. Only beaten four links too. And he and he ran his career best number in that race as well. So you know, I think you got to be careful uh, in the fact that you know, here he is. He, he again, he's not going to run him unless he's healthy. So you know, in a in a race that, what's your biggest competition here? Funny guy, a horse that I kind of like. Yeah, I almost picked him. And I think Funny Guy showed that he's maybe just a cut below. You know, I, I, I want to pick him. He's not. And then Friends Fire, who came back, and you're like, okay, the true north. You're like, all right, he apparently is kind of the real deal. And then, you know, got hammered by Volatile and the Vanderbilt, and then got hammered again in the forego. Think about it. The thing about Friends of Fire. Sure. Yeah, go, uh, the thing about Friends of Fire. It's like, yeah, you should have won the True North because the True North was pretty shitty. But Dean went into the, the Vanderbilt and he weren't competitive, and then he went into the Forego, and I know it was slop and a lot, of, a lot of shit went wrong, but it's like, you were awful. So, you know, I just, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go with him. No, I think Engage is the best horse in the race, so yeah, I'm with you, man. Number six, Engage for both of us. All right, let's move to Santa Anita Park on Saturday in Mort Breeders' Cup. When you're in action, race three, the Chandelier Stakes grade two. We're 200K for Phillies. Two-year-olds going one with 16th miles. It's a Breeders' Cup when you're in event for the juvenile Phillies. Uh, and, you know, talk about, it's just definitely the one of the strongest, if not the strongest favorite of the two, of the two days that we're going to talk about here. Number one, Princess Muir. Two to five, morning life favorite for Bob Baffert, Victor Espinosa to ride. This horse has been hyped and has lived up to the hype so far. She is kind of a freak. Yeah, I mean, Baffert had to enter three in this race even to get it to fill, right? So, I mean, that tells you right there. Princess Noor, for me, should be pretty easy win. I mean, I don't think we have to spend a whole lot of time on this. If she loses, it'll be a huge upset. Yeah, I mean, because you want to say, okay, well, how do you get her beat? Well, I'm still asking, you know. She like, doesn't I, show I, up. I mean, she just, uh, it'd have to be some kind of issue. There's every... Every number you look at, every angle you look at, she's just pure and simple, faster and better than the rest of them. You know, she's, um, you know, she, we know how good not this not this time is can be with, with these two-year-olds. Mile 16th should not be an issue with her. Obviously, a huge $1.35 million purchase, like I say, has lived up to that hype, winning by two and a half and six and a half in her two starts, including one grade one win already in the debutante. So... Yeah, I, 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 it's going to take, you know, I think if you're looking for singles, there's a reason why this race is obviously race three on the program um, because I know how heavy this horse is going to be bet in the singles. So uh, I don't think there's a lot to talk about here. I guess, I guess if you want to get her beat, it's the fact she's going two turns for the first time. But then you look at the rest of the field and it's like, well, they are too. So <laughs> it's really tough. I, I think Princess Nora is an easy winner here. And by the way, not this time. Great, great start to as a sire, right? I mean, did really doing well. So, I think, and and you look at not this time, horse was probably bred to go two turns. So now you got his offspring. I think Princess Storm might be, even be better than what we saw. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's see. One thing I don't like about Princess Storm for Breeders' Cup is I'd rather her be running in this race. Just wait until the Breeders' Cup. I don't. I mean, that's a question we have on here. I comment. don't think you want her first race around two turns to be at the Breeders' Cup. Is will be my only rebuttal to that. I mean, I get what you're saying, Dennis, but I, I kind of think let's get her two turn. Let's get a two turn race in her now. And I also think this is not. I mean, who who are you afraid of? And like you said, you ha he had to fill two other Baffords. Baffords had to fill two other horses in the race just to get it to fill. Um, including a horse that she just absolutely annihilated last time out. So it's like, 
you know, what is like to me, this is a is a paid workout essentially. So to me, I I, I don't necessarily get worried about the fact that having her run here instead of waiting for the Breeders Cup. So to me, this is just going to solidify probably one of the better locks of the Breeders Cup should be um, of the two days, and that's number one, Princess Newer. All right, next up, race five. That's the Speakeasy Stakes with 100K for two-year-olds going five and one half furlongs on the turf at Santa Anita Park. Uh, it's a winner in for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. And, you know, we talk about a, a, a semi-lock uh, in the last race. This one, you can make a case for almost going all in. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, with, with uh, the fact that you have princess nor in the third race and then this race is the fifth race which is the late or the 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 ending leg in the late pick four and the late pick five you could almost go all here because you had that single in in, in race three um this is really tough like speakeasy every like every like last year it was tough this year it's tough i went with a first time starter in here and the reason why i did it is it's like i don't love anybody else in the race I went with the Doug O'Neill first-time starter on the rail in a stakes race. All horrible, horrible signs. You could go wrong, right? You're right, yeah. But uh, this horse by Nyquist, who, by the way, is a, is a grade one winner on turf and dirt so far as a sire. Nyquist off to a tremendous start. Uh, and, and, and this horse is named The Great One, which was named after Wayne Gretzky. A horse named after Wayne Gretzky last week, Gretzky the Great, won it with him. So that's two good signs. And then the thing that put it over the top... Eric Johnson, defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche, is part owner of the horse. So it's like... So what can you go wrong? That's like the trifecta right now, right? So I picked the great one, a first-time starter on top in this race. Uh, listen, I looked at Commander Kai a little bit. I looked at Wi-Fire a little bit. Those are horses I'm going to play. I'll play the Wesley Ward Philly as well. But on top, I'm going to just take a shot. 6-1 on the morning line is a pretty good price. I think the great one for me on top. You know it's a tough race when there's three first-timers, all with Doug O'Neill, and then you've got a first-time U.S. horse for Peter Miller, the nine-horse Feathers. So you, you're talking nine horses in the field, and four of them are essentially a first-time look at all of them. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I wrote the preview for this race uh, for the Breeders' Cup, and one, two, three, all Doug O'Neills, all first-time starters. So I'm looking up, the, the field comes out and I'm looking up each horse on Equibase, right? And I'm like, is Equibase broke again? <laughs> There's no way these horses are all first time freaking starters. They all are. So that's, that, that's crazy to me. But anyway, uh, go ahead. Listen, I, I, I think it's, if you can go as deep in this race as possible, I think that's a smart idea. Um, but you know, I, I'm looking more here for experience and that's number five. Amanzi Yapillo, yes, which um, is the logical you know, pick. Wesley Ward, uh, Luis Saez gets them out after Irad Ortiz last road. In the Bolton Landing at, at Saratoga, you know, listen, you know, debuted at Gulfstream Park, won really nicely going five furlongs on the turf, goes to the Saratoga on the turf, which of course, uh, that day, by the way, was rated good, and we know how that track played on the turf. I think getting back to a fast track will help this horse, obviously, getting blinkers off in this situation so you're getting the equipment change you're getting seven to two at a nice little price there um listen and you just you get experience you get a stakes experience in the horse versus some of these that are first time starters so i get that i listen and i don't necessarily think like this is one of my probably weaker plays of the of yeah. the eight because i you know he did you know she 
got uh, kind of blasted in the Bolton's Landing. You, know, you could tell like she needed, you know, whether it be class relief or needed experience or whatever. Maybe but a different track. Different track. Yeah. I think so too. So listen, she gets some weight allowance as well here, and you know, being a Philly. So I, I like the Philly here. I'm gonna go with number five, Amanzi. Your pillow. Next up, race seven, the Rodeo Drive Stakes Grade One with three hundred K for Phillies and Mares, three olds and up, going one and a quarter miles on the turf field of seven. Lines up for this one. It's a Breeders' Cup winner in event for the Makers Mark Philly and Mare Turf. Another tough one here, field of seven. Uh, you got five to two on Botita, and you got two to one on Lady Prancelot, four to one on Maxim Rain. I like that. Tonahito at five to one, easily the toughest race to announce. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a guess who you're picking after uh, that. Comment. Yeah, well, I mean, four to one on that on maximum rate. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I like that as well. But I like five to two on Bodizita. I think that's a pretty good price. Listen, this horse came to the United States and was pretty much a disappointment. I'm talking about Bodizita, but this year, damn, that horse has been good. So I'm going to definitely ride the Bodizita train uh, three for four this season. Uh, and, and the only loss was a very narrow margin in the game league, which is a grade one here at Santa Anita. So I think Bodhisattva is is a pretty good pick. I think, I don't know why this horse is not the favorite over Lady Prancelot. I think she beats Lady Prancelot for sure. Uh, and then last time out, won at, at Del Mar. So, um, yeah, for me, Bodhisattva on top. Listen, I, I mean, I like Lady Prancelot, but I honestly, I think in my... The way I handicap this race, she's my fourth choice. And she, Lady Prancelot? Yeah. And, and, no, I'm with you. And yeah. she's a favorite here. Um, so, favorite to play against. So I think it's a, it's a good opportunity to get some value here. Um, I would rather play the one and the two. Um, the two? The two, yeah. <laughs> Shocking. And uh, the three, of course, as well. Sure. Um, you know, the, the three is just, I almost pulled the trigger with the three. I, I can't believe that this horse keeps going long. He's like almost like the horse got better. Not almost. The horse did get better going longer, but sire-wise, this horse should not be getting better uh, going longer. So I, I guess I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about this horse. Uh, the one horse that you do feel confident in going longer, and that's number two, Maxim Rate. Sure. You know, love Santa Anita, and of course coming on in off of a win. I like the way that this horse is kind of campaigned herself into this race you know and, you know from the start of 2020 you know debuted getting second uh, and then goes and wins and then wins again going a mile and three eighths uh you know and it's kind of like you know did kind of did what she needed to do to win the race and i think she's gonna run a really good one here going longer so ultimately again you know i, I picked with 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 the angle with Leah size jumping on board and by the way you know spoiler alert i will do that a few times I like the fact that Luis Luis Saez jumps on here on, on her again here. So um, I think she's going to be the toughest one to beat here, and you kind of you have a little bit more of the back class with her as well. Uh, so number two, Maxim Ray. Race eight on Saturday at Santina Park. The American Pharaohs takes grade one with 300K for two year olds going one with 16th miles. It is a Breeders' Cup winning your event for the TVG Juvenile. Field of eight lines up for this one. Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting race because you have a horse. A three to one for uh, for Bob Baffert Spielberg, the huge purchase, kind of like Princess Noor. Only the horse has never won, so the horse has never won. Is your morning line favorite? You know, by the definition of a Bob Baffert million dollar plus horse, a horse has been disappointment. Yet three to one morning line favorite 
for the juvenile, for the juvenile race, the winner in. Do you have the balls to pick this horse? I picked this horse, and, and it's kind of against my own judgment a little bit, but at the same time, I don't like any other horses in this race. And I think that was the big thing that made me go towards Spielberg. And you look at Spielberg, yeah, sure, he's still a maiden, but he's lost twice to a horse in Dr. Shivel, who I would pick to win this race if he was in it. Uh, if you missed the news, Dr. Shivel will be out until his three-year-old season. So that is uh, that, that's something to think about because he probably would have been one of the favorites to win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile if he was going to be in it. So he's out, and, and when that happens, it kind of means, well, Spielberg's very competitive. Like he, Last time out, he only got beat a length, uh, length and three-quarters, so he probably is the one to beat here. I mean, I would be all for trying to beat him, but... You're you like, how do you, you know, the horse is bred to go long, Union Rag horse, um, two, uh, you know, two beats that that obviously were better than anyone else in this race. Uh, the numbers come back stronger than anyone in this race, both time form and buyer wise. You know, listen, there's just too much to like here, even though the horse, you know, you would like to see the horse coming in, like a, like a Princess Newer who had the hype, plus, you know, because Spielberg had the hype. And the horse gets beat, and you're like, okay, horse got beat on debut, comes back, double opportunity. Oh, gets beat again by the same damn horse. You're like, okay, how good is this horse? But that horse isn't in this race, so you know. Do you think that horse would be better stretching out a little bit? Has too? to be. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be bred. You go kind of a classic distance, and you look at like a Weston or something like that, who obviously has faced him before, and he he showed it. You know, I just feel like this horse showed, especially in the last race, like just not. He's just a different level uh, uh you know as far as you know compared to spielberg so listen if, if you're talking about a horse that i'm less confident in as far as the, the juveniles go it's definitely this one um especially for a million dollar horse but spielberg i mean just by the breeding by the fact that you know you know dr shivel's not in here and then who else is in the race i think spielberg has to win so at three to one too i think i mean if you get three to one, I think that's more than fair. I think it is too. I don't think you'll be three to one. No. I, I, especially, again, Luis Saez, Bob Baffert. Good ones. Or good, we're, good, we're, good we're connections. Gonna, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I like that combo. So, number five, Spielberg for both of us. And finally, the the last race on Saturday at Santana Race 10, the Austin awesome Stakes is grade one with $3 million for three year olds and up going one and one eighth miles. It is a Breeders' Cup winning your event for the Longines Classic. And boy, is it a doozy. Field of five only, but man, make no mistake, these are two legit contenders for the Breeders' Cup Cla Breeders' Cup Classic. That is Maximum Security, the three to five morning line favorite for this race. Louis Size, Bob Baffert, Louis Size jumps back on board finally with Maximum Security. And then you got Improbable out of the Baffert Barn as well, eight to five. You know, all eyes are on Maximum Security. I mean, he's, he's very much the most notable horse in racing uh but is is it is it a time to play against him with his stablemate improbable just looming there especially at a distance that we know he can be very good at it took a while for me to kind of figure out what to do here but i eventually landed on improbable believe it or not which is a horse that i i just i've had my demons with Shot. right uh, I, I, I I don't think I've ever seen you like this horse. Well, I I know I liked him, and then he loses. <laughs> but I'm saying I, like you don't you don't, if you do like him, it's very short lived. Yeah, no, it is. It totally is. 
The Pennsylvania Derby for me was the last time I was like, that's it with this son of a yeah, bitch, know. you know? I'll never forget. We were sitting in the paddock for the Pennsylvania Derby, and he comes in, and it's like he looks like he's been in a shower. He's so wet and sweaty. And I looked at you and Paul, and I said, this mother, you know what? I hate this SOB so much. You he's knew gonna, it was over before. Yeah, and he embarrassed me. You know, he was an idiot the whole time. But He embarrassed you. Specific, specifically, he embarrassed you. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> And he's continued to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I picked against... Paul's already yelled. All, hey, you're embarrassing me. Get your shit together. I don't know if you remember, but I... I, I think was, you did yell. I was pretty drunk when we were in that paddock, and I said, God damn it, come on, improbable. You know, I yelled <laughs> yeah. at him. And it didn't help. But uh, anyway, uh, no. so he... Uh, won that race, by the way. Oh, I don't want to talk about Math <laughs> Wizard right now. But uh, yeah, Math Wizard won the race. Math Wizard beat Improbable, and yet you're picking Improbable to beat Maximum Security. So, right? okay, so here's here's why I picked Improbable, if I no. want to go real quick. So I did pick Tom to, ta to beat uh, to, to, to beat Improbable to start the year, right? So that was a good pick. But then I've lost to Improbable this, the last two races. This has to be a someone that knows us. Never underestimate a Charlestown Classic winner, says no one. Rick James has to be someone that knows Rick us. James definitely listened he's, to the Magic Mike show. He's had a few comments here that yeah. knows us a little too well. It might be Magic. So, might be um, magic. so anyway, so improbable. Uh, listen, here's the deal with him. Here's the deal with him. He has faced better competition than Maximum Security. Do you agree? Lately, yes. Well, I mean this year. I'm talking about this year. Yes, yes, yes. In the last two races, he's pretty much disposed of, of, of these horses. Like, even even up at Saratoga, he beat by... Listen, forget about Tom Zatat at Saratoga. Terrible break. Improbable beat by my standards easily. And that horse came, came back, back to win. It looked great. Obviously a very good horse. And, and listen... It would be a classic type horse. Before by my... The other... The only horse that's beat by my standards... Was Tom's the Todd, who I think is is fantastic. Like he'd be my Breeders' Cup pick right now. So I think it probable he's got the class edge. I think I think we have seen a very much improved improbable this season. For sure. I kind of think we're gonna get a mild upset here. I'm going improbable on top. I'm not taking any way anything away from Max. Max will be on my tickets as far as multi races. Pick four, pick five. Those, those two. I am just gonna play those. Well, I'll play Sleepy Ice <laughs> Todd in the pick four, not the pick five, uh, because I think I'll have the have have it. But uh, listen, I'm I'm gonna pick improbable in a mild upset here. Listen, Damien. Uh, someone said Damien says so much made a case for you guys talked earlier uh, because of the pace. Can I stop you that. real quick? No, yes. I hate. Go ahead. Everybody listening, whether you're live or you're listening to the podcast, do you, do you guys want to know the number one most overrated handicapping angle there is in horse racing? I think everyone on the edge of the seat right now. Pace. <laughs> it's so overrated. For two reasons. One, you can never predict the pace. It it hardly ever turns out like you think it's going to on paper. And two, I don't really think it matters as much as people think. Especially in stakes races. Mm -hmm. That's what I'd say. I think it matters more in your, your smaller races, just like, like it matters in claiming and, and yeah. allowance races. Don't in matter. these stakes races, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because I mean, because you gotta, you know, what I always tell people is like, you've got to remember these horses that are in, well, grade one races. 
they know what they're doing, and the trainers know what they're doing. And, exactly. And they, there might be an instance where they might show a lot of speed, but they're not going to show it here in this race because guess what? They are very good horses. So yeah. you've got to be careful about that. I agree. Yeah. Wow. Go ahead. Take. Um, no, I, I, I think I think I think analyzing a pace in the race is a big waste. I, of time. I think Sleepy Eyes Todd is going to still be running when we talk about the podcast next week. <laughs> um, that's how I feel like in, in this race. Um, his last three races um, were ran at Fawner Park. That's right. Let me say it one more time. Fawner Park, uh, Lone Star Park. Let me say it one more time. Lone Star Park. Well, hold on. And Charlestown. He got beat by a very, very, very good horse. Where did that horse win next? At Remington Park. Park. Okay. Won the Governor's Cup by six and won an allowance by 13. Hunk of Burning Love is very good. So how, don't, how much would Maximum Security win an allowance at Remington Park by? Not 13. No. <laughs> that, now, that might be true because that's the kind of way that's the way he run. He'd probably He'd still win by, by three. three. Yeah. Uh, okay, that is, a fair, that is a fair assessment, but... I just don't like that analogy at all, um, or that comparison. Uh, number five, maximum security for me. I think Leisaya is jumping on board. I mean, it's definitely hurt. I mean, Sedalia, I, I don't think there's any issue with the way Sedalia rode. Um, it's just, you know, Leis is, is his regular rider. Um, obviously, quote unquote, won the Kentucky Derby uh, aboard him. But, you know, I, I, I do think drawing outside, plenty of speed in the race. Obviously, maximum security has shown in the past that he's able to sit off of it a little bit or able to just dictate the pace like we saw last time out in Pacific Classic. I think he, I think he sits off a little bit. I think uh, obviously you, you benefit from knowing that Improbable is in the race for Bob Baffert who draws, you know, quote unquote the inside, take one, take the 101 is going to be the, going to definitely show speed. But I think, it, you know, you, you definitely know Improbable will be right there and I would imagine Max Security, Louis Sia is going to sit off of Improbable. So, um, I don't necessarily believe that we're going to see a, a, a pace duel between the two Baffert horses. No, absolutely So I think not. Maximum Security is going to sit a trip perfectly on the outside. And keep this in mind, for anybody that's trying to play against, I, Max Security, numbers-wise, you know, and that's all we have to go off of, I mean, uh, versus, you know, ver, whether it be buyers or, or time form, um, best race of the horse's career, not one turn, was last time out. Yeah. You know, and, and this is his third start with Bob Baffert. So you got to think this horse is only going to be getting better. The workout suggests such. I think he, I think he kind of cruises here. Maybe not like, you know, we know <laughs> three links. I think three links. Three links is what he wins by. He's not winning by 13 to Remington. Gotta, <laughs> listen, I, listen, I think it's a, I think it's Baffert Baffert. I really do. I, and you're right. We could flip flop it. I'm just like, well, this is a good time ever to take Improbable. If he loses, not a big deal. You've got Max as a backup, right? So, but I think Improbable at eight to five, he might be worth a little bit of a shot. Now we talked about a little bit with Princess Newer, and obviously we both believe she's one of the deadlocks, um, and should be very, very good if not one of the horses to beat in, in the Breeders' Cup. So that obviously is the Breeders' Cup uh, when you're in for the Classic. We've, we're talking about Maximus Security, who wins this race, will be the favorite of the Classic. Kind of a crazy uh, year, Probably right? Probably um, you know, And then probably, really the winner of this race will be the favorite of the Classic, considering you have, uh, you know, Tiz Law, who just lost, who's going to train up for it. And then, of course, you have Tom Z. Todd, who also is going to train up for it, who lost the last time out. So I think the winner of this race, assuming it's one of the Bafferts, will be the favorite of the Classic. So... What does this race tell you, or anybody that's watching this race, say, 
about, because obviously the point is to try to find the classic winner. Mm -hmm. What are you looking at this race when it comes to that? You have to say, if all things being equal, meaning we don't have a stumble at the gate, we don't have something weird happen, and it's improbable versus, versus Max down the stretch, the winner, I mean, you'd have to think that's probably a strong classic play, right? Because the winner of this race, and then you add in Tom Zatat, and then you add in you know, Authentic Tis the Law, those are the four, right? Or, or if Authentic doesn't win the Preakness, somebody else maybe. But, I mean, the, the winner of this race considering or assuming it's going to be a, a fair race for everybody is a huge huge like maybe the pick in the closet that's how big this five horse when you look at it on the surface mickey mouse type races but when you look at it it's like well bob afford's got the two best older horses right now and they're gonna square off let's see who's better yeah i mean is there an instance here where you're like okay you, you know, it's improbable. You, you're picking this race is improbable. We're like, okay, improbable one, but maximum security next time out. Well, I mean, I if he goes to his nose out of the, you know, I mean, yeah. this. But but if they all have a fair trip and improbable beats Max, I don't think you can play Max. Well, next in out. a five horse field, you kind of have that advantage, so to speak, to where you sh not a lot should happen, where you have more of a. You know, someone you know typed in match race where you have a closer to a match race where you're like okay we can kind of see you know i would assume improbable is going to hit the top of the stretch in the lead if not very close max mm -hmm. security will be right there on him and we'll see we'll see the match race yeah. down the stretch yeah. who's better put in that glad to hear you say that because i suck at predicting pace you know damien you don't you don't suck at predicting pace it's impossible to predict it but that's the whole thing about it. We all suck at it. I've done this for years and years and years, and I suck at it. Because you don't know what the jockeys are going to do. You don't know what the trainers want to do. And that dictates the pace a lot of times. What you see on the past performances only goes so far. They're reading the past performances just like we are. So in this example, Drayden Van Dyke's reading the past performances. So is Luis Saez. Neither one of them want to have the other one get that far away. Right. So it's really going to just be a, 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 a situation where... Who's going to take it? And who's going to sit back? What's funny is I've I've hit plenty of races and I've missed plenty of races due to the pace. Meaning, I've been like, I got that race dead on. I yeah. knew that pace was going to set up that way. The winner was right. I got it. Boom. I've also won races by picking the horse that I thought dictated by the pace that, that the horse didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And he still won the race. Or won. she. Yeah, so you're like, mm -hmm. so you got, sometimes <laughs> that happens. That's the biggest thing of all. Say you picked Authentic because you thought he would get uh, slow fractions early in the Kentucky Derby. We didn't do it, but say you did. He didn't get slow fractions at all. He still won the race. Right. So that it happens, and not only with stakes, it happens with other races all the time. One of my favorite stories or favorite examples of that is long before the racing dudes existed. Talked about earlier about oh my racing god, dudes. Swiss guys, Swiss guys, guys. Yeah. Swiss ski, Swiss guy, whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. A Swiss horse ski. that was very, very like oh, it felt like it ran every week at, at Hollywood Park because it did. And every and of course, every time we showed up, uh, he was right. I think it was he. It was he. Um, Kill me. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and and I'll never forget. I think the horse was like three or four to one, and I was like, dude, this horse is gonna win. Look at the pace set up. You know, you know, this horse is going to come off of the pace and just eat him up down the stretch. Yeah, a lot of pace in the race. Yeah, I was so confident on it. I put a 30, 20, whatever I, I don't know at that time when I put to win on the horse. They break. The horse goes straight to the lead. I'm like, well, 
This is bad. Shit. Okay. <laughs> the horse goes wire to wire, and I'm like, see, told you. Told you. That horse is going to win. At the half mile pole, he looks at all of us that, was, that were at the OTB, and he goes, this is, game is impossible. Like, what is he doing out there? You know, and then he goes wire to wire. Yeah. And I was like, I knew it the whole way. I knew that horse would go wire to wire. I knew that. When they would... open the gates, you just never know. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's always just best to pick the best horse in the race that you, that you think is the best horse or the horse that offers the most value, either one. And, you know, whatever happens when they when they, when they they break, happens. That's, that's the luck part of the game. All right. Speaking of luck, we're going to need it. I'm on number five, Maxis Security. <laughs> I will. You're, you won't. <laughs> you're on the Bob, other Bob Baffert horse, number two, Improbable. All right, let's move to Sunday. We've got two Breeders' Cup winning races on Sunday at Santinita Park, race four. The Zenyatta Stakes, grade two. We're 200K for Phillies, Mares, three-year-olds, and up to one of 16th miles. Field of five lines up for this one. You know, we know, we kind of know what we're working with when it comes to the, the distaff with Midnight Bizu and Monomoy Girl. Um, those obviously the older horses uh, are, are the two big dogs but you know obviously being a winner in you know you have a Balbaffer in here like Fighting Mad um, can you see an instance where you know maybe these horses make it you know make it a little bit of a, a run as far as especially um, you know especially as, as hitting the board so a small field field of five mm -hmm. but what do you think here as far as in terms of, of winning this one? Yeah, you know, I really wanted to pick the three-horse Harvest Moon because I, I think this horse is just super good. And, I, you know, the, this is a horse up-and-coming three-year-old that, that I just think this is like the next good older filly that runs in California and wins all the races. But I don't know if she's ready to beat a horse like Fighting Mad. You look at Fighting Mad's last two races be better horses than what she's going to face here, right? And you look at the speed figures, and it's like, yeah, Fighting Mad should probably win. Uh, I kind of think the only horse that can beat Fighting Mad here is Hard Not to Love, but she's really hard to go with because she's so crazy. So I'm going to go Fighting Mad on top. Listen, I I don't think this field is going to... I try to talk it up on the opening. Like, I, I mean, listen, if I'm picking Fighting Mad here. I think... Gate to wire, draws draws to rail. By the way, another Bob Baffert, Louis Sias. So could have a could have a hell of a weekend here. Um, I don't necessarily think. I mean, I guess Fighty Mad could be a, a player in the uh, you know as far as a pace standpoint goes in the distaff. But as far as comparing her to you know a Monomoy Girl or a, a Midnight Bizu, that's. <laughs> that's, a, that's another conversation. So, Especially bottom right Um Listen, I just think she's, you know, she's the best horse in the field. Two for two at this distance. She likes Sansanita. Uh, obviously, a nice sire with New Year's Day. Bob Baffert, Lee Sires, Gary, West, Gary Mary West. Uh, the last two efforts, really impressive. Going gate to wire. Double, or triple digit to buyers, I should say. Um, in both races, including the Kamala Hurst, which is a great one. So, she just, listen, once she's stretched out, she's been a little bit better horse. So, one number one, Fighting Mad, Fighting Mad, Gate to Wire. And finally, let's wrap this puppy up. Race eight on Sunday at Santina's Sprint Championship Stakes, grade two. We're 200K for three-year-olds and up. Well, six furlongs filled of five lines up for this one. It's the Breeders' Cup winner in for the Breeders' for the Breeders' Cup Sprint, field of five. And we've got Collision Illusion, Desert Law, Flagstaff, CZ Rocket, Giant Expectations cutting back in a big way. What you think? You know, I'm just going to go with the, the legend, Peter Miller, right? I mean, he's just done wonders with this horse somehow. 
And uh, so I'm going to go <laughs> CZ Rocket on top. Somehow. Uh, and it also gets Luis Saez to ride. I think that's, that's you know, I know he lost Fabian, which you're going to talk about here in a second, but getting Luis is a pretty good second choice. And, uh, yeah, since being claimed by uh, Peter Miller, look at him. Four races in a row, four wins. Let's make it five. CZ Rocket on top for me. Claimed for 50K, and here we are. So... Pretty shocking result, <laughs> yeah, right? Kind um, of. Unheard of. Maybe no. not. Yeah, you talk about uh, the rider switch, and that's a big angle here. Obviously, that horse has won four in a row, but uh, you know this horse is looking for four in a row as well. Number one, Collusion Illusion Pratt rode this horse the last three wins, and here he is back. I like that fact that he's decided to stay put here. Uh, drawing the rail, um, maybe a little bit of an issue, but you know, considering this horse likes to come off the pace just a bit. But listen... This horse continues to get better with each and every start. Like Sansanita, loves this distance at three for three. Listen, I, I think this horse is going to be really tough to beat, considering you have you know Flagstaff, who I just refuse to bet at this point. Um, all that horse has done is burn money since the Count Fleet for me. Literally, has burned money since the Count Fleet. Uh, since I got on board with that horse, I'm done. So that horse, I probably just put that horse in the winner circle. Down, son. And CZ Rocket, again, I mean, I, I, I nothing nothing bad really to say about the horse. The horse has been running awesome. Uh, but I think, you know, this distance, I think Collusion Illusion is going to pull up the up, pull off the upset. So on number one, Collusion Illusion. <laughs> so I'm telling you, check out RacingDudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our Hangout Products page with the products link at the main menu at RacingDudes.com to learn more. Remember to check out that all-inclusive wager guide to the 2020 Preakness Stakes. Uh, Apimico on uh, next Saturday, October 3rd, 2020, features in-depth analysis of all tw of 12. So it's a kind of a crazy card. 12 stakes races. The entire card is stakes races. So hands full plus you'll get bonus multi-race betting suggestions for the entire Pimlico Saturday card. That's not all. Get top four consensus picks from the expert handicappers at RacingNews.com. Subscribe to Racing News Premium and get this wagering guide absolutely for free. Pre-sale has begun on our products page at RacingDudes.com. So make sure you go check that out. We're currently covering 30 plus tracks, all offering free picks. We're on Twitter at RacingDudes, Instagram, Facebook. Let's do it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, even website at RacingDudes.com. I was getting, I was thinking about what you said about the golden hour. Uh, oh, the golden shower. The golden shower. Yes. <laughs> uh, Magic uh, Mike did the Mike. golden shower. The golden. The for. <laughs> The Magic Mike show is doing Mika Fitzpatrick just, just making <laughs> just just making He's a, balling. making a difference out there. Uh, Magic Mike show is doing the Golden Hour late pick golden four shower late Saturday. It's it's, a, it's the last uh, two races at Santa Anita and the last two races at Golden Gate. Right. Um, also known as the Golden Shower. Right. Uh, so make sure to go check that it's out. The golden Shower pick four. Uh huh. Of course. At uh, Magic Mike. Uh, the Magic Mike show. So go check them out. Um, what do you? Uh, let's see. OU, what do you think about OU this year? Well, hopefully OU plays on Saturday. That's the biggest question right now. And we won't know till tomorrow if OU is going to play the game because Kansas State has a ton of uh, COVID problems. As of now, uh, we're playing. If, you, if you're listening to this on Friday, if you listen to the podcast version, yeah, we'll see. But uh, I think they're going to be good. I think OU is pretty good this year. They got a better quarterback than they had last year, so that's always good. Yeah, Spencer, man. He's, yeah, he's uh... good. He's good, and uh, Jalen Hurts is not. So <laughs> Jalen Hurts is not playing currently. What does he play for? Philly? He, yeah, yeah. Philly drafted him in the second round, which is hilarious. It's uh, a horrible pick. Here's a comment. I'm thinking Law finishes out of the money in the Breeders' Cup Classic. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would not say that. 
training up to the classic. I think that's a good move for Tizzle. You look at his best races, they've come uh, off extended, well, a, a quote-unquote one, uh, six to eight weeks extended breaks. That's what he's going to get here. I think he'll run pretty good in the classic. I don't think he'll go off the board. If he runs, he's he'll be tough, I think. Um, well, that's a good point. If they if they don't run him, that means he's kind of out of it, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, you know... He, he, he kind of it's a tough angle to, to kind of go with because he he hasn't done anything wrong um you know he he ran a really good race in the Kentucky Derby and and just got beat by a freak performance really you know yeah. um so it's hard to say he can't win or at least hit the board in the yeah. classic considering there's not a lot to go off there in terms of what he's done wrong before you know before we get into too much more horse racing Monday night football. Mm-hmm. Gonna be big. Chiefs <laughs> Ravens. Who do you pick? Well, you know who I'm picking. Uh, the the Chiefs. Chiefs. You think the Chiefs will honestly win the game? I think they will. Yeah. I mean, until Lamar learns how to beat Mahomes, I don't know how he called a rivalry. So, um, <laughs> we were waiting to play him in the in the AFC Championship. He couldn't get there. So what a um, shot! Shots fired. I don't. I I think he's. You know, I think they're okay. But the Chiefs are better, so I think they'll win. Do you think? Do you think the winner of this game? This is kind of something I talked to Ricky about a little bit, and not he didn't predict undefeated seasons for either one. But he's. Do you think the winner of this game's got a shot to go undefeated? When you think about in in his kind of thought of it was when you think about the road home situation, it really doesn't mean as much. Now that could change maybe if somebody gets in the stands finally, but the road home is kind of it's it's, it's kind of all on neutral field, so to speak. Can anybody go on to, like, the winner of this, can they go undefeated? I, I definitely think so. I yeah. think so, too, I mean, because of that factor. Even, like, prior to, you know, the season, I, you know, obviously I, I kind of predicted the Chiefs would go 14-2, and two, and that was kind of assuming a loss possibly by the Ravens, mm-hmm. and then you kind of throw in another loss. So if you can get by the Ravens, and vice versa, if the Ravens can get by the Chiefs, yeah. I, I think – um, the schedule opens up a little bit for both of them. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think so, uh, for sure. I, I, I definitely think these two teams kind of hold the the spot in the AFC, for sure. You know what? Uh, uh, something that... Although, you know, Patriots, the cam looks pretty damn good. I know they lost, but... Oh, yeah. Patriots do look a lot better than I thought they considering, were. Considering, sure, yeah, yeah, you lose Brady, you think, well, it's going to be the down year. Well, no. I mean, no, I cam, looks cam, great. cam looks better than ever, so... Yeah, he does. He does. The, the one thing that I am, uh, I, I guess, shocked with, right, is the fact that I, I thought fans not being, you know, maybe there's like 5,000 fans at the game or, or 10, but I thought that would really hurt the viewing aspect of it. It really hasn't for me. I, it hasn't bothered me as much as I thought. The one thing that's been kind of funny to me is it, you, you don't really realize it unless you realize it, and it's it's the, the, the crowd noise. Yeah, that's like a it's, I've noticed it a few times on like the like the more of like the the primetime games, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> when you're like, like the Seattle game for instance, a place that's normally very loud, very loud, yeah, and you and you don't think about it, and then you're like, oh wait, there's no one there, <laughs> and you're like, oh wait, there's what's the crowd noise then? Um, yeah, I did I did hear a funny joke about like the Philly, um, and you know the fit like the sound guy because even even he could put boobs in, you know, like, right? Yeah, <laughs> in Philly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's been a little bit, but to the normal viewer, I don't think it's been much of a, an issue. I don't, the one thing I was kind of wondering about, what's like the, like the regulate, like 
do they have like a certain limit like as far as decibels go like how loud can you make the crowd noises like when a certain team like say the the opponents on defense or on offense that. i don't know that yeah that's a good question because yeah look at a place like the like the like arrowhead or um touchdown uh, fitzpatrick by the way. <laughs> 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 he's killing you randa has to be the luckiest person alive <laughs> great what's great is like randa heard like something off of some kind of podcast to use him and then she's gonna think she's a genius listen here how many incomplete passes have has fitzmagic thrown zero i think that was 11 for 11 now two touchdowns well it's coming don't worry no i don't think he's gonna throw one all night set a world record and the thing about it is he's making great throws like these he, are good he, throws he's also playing jacksonville which i mean credit to her because you could have known that and yeah <laughs> fantastic i love it not for you but for Randy. no i do lead the league in points scored and i also lead the league i think or at least second league in points against so no surprise there so i mean the guys threw one incompletion but it didn't count because it was passing interference look at this guy look at this he's going nuts <laughs> this guy looks like he's gonna kill your family he's so excited i mean it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. all right anyways all right that's enough of this get yeah. off here so i can watch my team implode <laughs> so it's funny on thursday night football it not it happens every week yeah. if i ha- if i have a guy it's like mediocre at best if I'm playing against somebody, they go off. It, it, it's happened for like the last five years, I feel like. It, it just never, never ends. He's so. not lying. No, yeah. I mean, it, you know, last week with, with OBJ, I had him on my team. Mediocre. He's all right. Yeah. I had that one big catch. That was it. That shouldn't have been a touchdown. That was. But other than that, that was it. Mm-hmm. If I start a Fitz tonight, guess what? He'd be like <laughs> four for 15 right now and probably a pick. Right. This, this is what happens. So, um,. What? Uh, would it be good? Really? You're asking again? No. Why did you? Why are you? Asking? Why are you asking that again? We we addressed it already. Uh, no, it would not be. Playing I think with... Rick James is on like cocaine. I think Rick James like he is... was in the in the actual life. I think Rick James is is magic. That's what I think. So. <laughs> or Randy. Or Ryan. Oh, okay. That works. Uh, all right. That's all the time we have. Uh, I think I'm... it's I think it's Ryan. <laughs> uh, Ryan. I don't know. Ryan would. I don't know if he goes. Ryan know who Rick James is? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm Jared Welch. <laughs> okay. We'll be back next week with uh, more Preakness talk, yep. of course. And if we're talking about some of this previous cup, hopefully um, some some positive results here. And uh, see what's kind of moving forward to the Breeders' Cup last month. The last month of preps going into the Breeders' Cup. Right. I'm Jared Welch. He's Darren Alterman. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. Coming out to the finish. Street sets. Here comes Colin. Colin surging. Street sets in deep water. Too close to call! Too close to call!